one, two. Hey, this is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Thursday, April 1st, 2020, uh, 2021. One of those. I had a little shock. I had my own little April Fool's joke there at the beginning. And the microphone didn't work. That was weird. Aha! Mark Congleton here, your sometimes humble host for this daily dose of observation, insight, and absurdity. Hoping that you are having a wonderful day, that the last 24 hours has treated you well, and that uh, you've got a good perspective on life, the universe, and everything. Yesterday, um, yesterday was, uh, wow, it was a very productive day around here. Um, I, uh, I spent some time working in the studio, um, updating things, changing things. I just posted a photo to the Facebook page. And uh, if you would like to uh, have a look at that, it is incomplete. There are still some stuff going on. I still have, um, I still have some acoustic foam to hang, but once that is done, life will be all hunky and dory at the same time here in studio land. It's just, uh, <laughs> I had this space. I'm still sitting in the same space I was before. It's just, I had this, this big hutch over the desk area and it was cramping my style, man. No, I had to have some room for a couple of speakers. And, uh, so I, I shoved the, uh, I shoved the hutch off to one side and uh, cleared the desk area, made room to put the speakers in. And it's kind of a mess. There's still wires laying around that need to be, eh, you know, there needs to be some cable management going on here. And that will happen probably uh, late this afternoon or tomorrow because I'm out and about this afternoon. Hopefully I'll get back in time to get some things done around here before eh, life takes a turn in the evening. Hopefully you're well. I hope you had a good day yesterday. Um, if not, well, I'm sorry. What can we do about that? Can we change things? What is dinking at me over here? Oh, it's my... I've got this little uh, this little Android tablet that I fired up to look at something. There's, a, there's an app that's, being, that's in development that, uh, that uh, I'm trying to keep an eye on how the app looks in the test phase. And I fired that thing up a little while ago. And <clears throat> it continues to dink at me dink dink and this this little noise whenever twitter and facebook update and i i thought i had all that turned off but i'm not an android guy so there's apparently something i'm missing i don't care about those sounds i really i don't use this thing for twitter and facebook i really should just remove twitter and facebook from it altogether because the only reason i use this this thing is a screen for my drone is what it is and um i've been using it to see can you hear it listen to it it's just going nuts it's uh, it's like, wow, you have all these Facebook things and tweets you're not paying attention to. And it got to be honest with you, I don't care. Leave me alone. I, <laughs> I got it as a screen for the drone uh, so that I'd have something larger to look at while I was uh, uh, setting up shots and piloting and, and the like. And I don't use it for that really too much anymore. And uh, so I, at some point, I ended up putting the social media stuff on it. And uh, I don't know why, but... It needs to come off because I've got this app development thing going on. And, uh, I mean, it looks really, really good and it works and I'm, uh, I'm happy with the way it works. I just, uh, I just need to take all the social media junk off of it. So it stops nagging me, but that's, that's that distraction. Um, yesterday, as I was saying, was not a big day. I was productive around here. I, um, I have more to do and hopefully that'll happen 
in the next day or so because I, I've got the plans to make it all come together. I, as I sit here looking at it now, I know exactly where all this acoustic foam needs to go, and uh, it'll just be better. But if you want to see the progress so far, go over to the Facebook page and have a look there. Uh, by the way, uh, we are up and live on Facebook, and uh, if you're in the Facebook crowd, good morning. It's good to see you. Good to hear you. Good to have you here. Good to be along with you. Nice. Thanks for taking the ride. Please, you in the back, sit down. Today, what are we talking about? Hillary Clinton has uh, has uh, crawled out from under her rock and had something to say about gun owners. If you're a gun owner, she had something to say about you. We'll talk about that in a little while, hopefully. Nancy Pelosi has backed off. She was trying to steal a House seat legitimately won by a Republican to give to a Democrat to shift more power to them, and she's backed off, and Republicans can learn a lesson from how that happened. We'll take a look at that, hopefully, in a little while. Um, Jim Jordan has demanded some documents from the DHS. Demanded them. What are they? We'll have a look here in a bit. Uh, President Trump says the White House infrastructure plan is the biggest tax hike in American history. And he's right. We'll take a look at that in a bit. Uh, in Wisconsin, the Supreme Court has slapped down the governor's uh, ongoing mask mandate there. He is a Democrat. And he is a, a, he's a tyrant. And you'll understand why coming up shortly. But starting things off, the My Pillow guy, Mr. Mike Lindell, who has nothing to fear from David I'm a Hog uh, and his little pillow company, which is dead in the water, is is putting together his own social media network. He has he has a, for, a forthcoming social media website, and he says it's going to be able to handle more than a billion users. "Quote: I believe it will handle upwards of." A billion. If it doesn't, we'll get to that capacity. I don't think that's exaggerated by any means. He was uh, talking to the folks over at the Epic Times. It's going to be the safest, secure platform. I built it expecting to be attacked. And that's probably wise on his part because the left will attack him. They will try to shut him down. They will try to damage him as much as possible. The platform, which is called Frank. Hi, Frank. How are you? Fine, thanks. <laughs> he called Frank right now. Has a landing page. There's a page there. You can go look at it. But it isn't operational yet. Lindell told the Epic Times affiliate NTD on March 11th that the website would be up and running within two weeks. The current plan is to launch as soon as April 5th no later than April 12th. He says the only reason for the delay is I actually added six more servers in another location. I really want redundancy. So I've got three different U.S. locations and another hidden one. So I've got, if anybody went out there to physically damage my stuff, I wanted a fourth location. So that was very important to me. Frank is described as a mix of YouTube and Twitter. The core idea is free speech according to Lindell, who was banned from Twitter in January for violations of the platform's civic integrity policy and has said he's been harmed by actions from Google. The new platform will be a place to congregate for those who have been removed from sites such as YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. He says they're going to have a safe place. You won't have to walk on eggshells anymore. Projections indicate that Frank will draw tens of millions of users in the first week of operation. So says Lindell, pointing to how one of his recent documentaries was watched by 150 million people around the world. 
Initially, there's no intention to make any money from the site. He says, I put all in all my money. I'm not out to make money right now. I'm out to get the word of out for free speech. I want people to go out there, all these influencers and talk about election fraud claims. <laughs> Down the road, advertisements can be added to the platform to help fund it. One twist the site has or will have is that when you sign up, you'll automatically be following every influencer on the platform automatically you'll have the option to stop following those you don't want to see anymore. Mike Lindell says, if you like it, if they like it, they'll stick with you. If they don't, they'll just unsubscribe, which I think is very interesting. That's an interesting twist. So you go ahead and automatically get, let's, let's say president Trump is on the platform. You would, but he's designing his own, which is this what he's talking about? I don't know. Could be, might be, maybe, but if he's on it, you automatically get his posts. You don't like him? Eh, unsubscribe from him. That's fine. It's a free country. What well, it used to be. So, my pillow, the guy from my pillow, is developing his own social media platform called Frank. And uh, in case you would like to go have a look at Frank, it's called frankspeech.com. Frank, as in the name. And the word speech, frankspeech.com. And right now, all that's there is a white page with the name. It says Frank, the voice of free speech. And some text under it that says free speech is one of the hallmarks of our constitutional republic as enshrined in the Bill of Rights. It is no coincidence that nations that have free speech also have a free enterprise system and freedom of religion. Inversely, nations that deny free speech tread upon the free enterprise system and freedom of religion. Americans want to remain free. Americans are craving news and information that's not filtered through the radical worldview of today's liberal media intelligentsia or deep state actors. Frank, the voice of free speech, will be the platform for Americans who want to defend life, liberty, and all the freedoms that have marked America as the longest-running constitutional republic in the history of the world. On this platform... You will find a home where you can post videos, live stream television, distribu distribute news and information, and find community and fellowship with like-minded Americans. Frank will be a home for major influencers to micro-influencers to average Americans who want to share in the constitutional right of freedom of speech and freedom of expression. We hope you will join our community and let freedom ring. And below that it says, coming soon. So he hopes to launch somewhere between the 5th and the 12th, which uh, means sometime next week. So today's the 1st. So that would be somewhere between next Monday and next Friday that Frank will actually launch. An interesting thing. Very interesting. Is it necessary? What do you think? Do we need another free speech platform? It looks like it looks like Parler has. Uh, have Have you heard anything about Parler lately? There has been absolutely no buzz. There was for a while. You know, they came back up again after being after being shut down and uh, denied web space and all of their troubles. And there have been some stories about uh, the previous head honcho at Parler filing lawsuits against them. But now, when I go to Parler, as I just did, I went over to 
to my web browser and I pulled Parler up and it's just taking forever to load. And I don't know if that's, uh, that's indicative of some sort of an issue with Parler or not. Or if it's in an indication that I have a problem with my, with my web service, I'm not really sure, but I, I, I think I'll move over here. Let me just for the sake of curiosity, let me pop over here and uh, let's see if I can bring it up. Let's see parlor.com bring it up on this web browser and Hmm. Okay. It comes up and says, okay, so parlor is, they still have a front page and it's, it's the usual stuff encouraging you to sign up to download. Wait a minute. Hold on. What does this say down here? Download today for Apple. That's interesting. Will it download? Is there an app? Well, what do you know? iTunes connecting open. Let's see if it will. Um, my understanding, the last I heard, the last I saw, okay, app not available. So that link is dead. So it doesn't work. Interesting, Parlor. You need to fix that. You need to fix that. So this is an old page. So that's weird. Eh, okay. Eh, I, I, um, I have a Parlor account, and I was just trying to get to it, but eh, I'm not having any success. Eh, let's see. How about there? Home.parlor.com. Let's see if it goes there. It's a, it's an interesting thing. We have options, okay? There are options. There is Parlor. There is uh, Gab. And there are other options out there that are kind of like creating their own conservative cul-de-sacs. Is that necessary? Or should we stay in the mainstream should we stay out there with everybody else and be influencers in our society along with everybody else do we go where it's comfortable or do we go where it's uncomfortable but we can actually make change i think that's the big question we have to ask ourselves Thursday edition of the Daily Perspective Podcast. For April 1st, no April Fool's jokes here. Not today. Frankly, after everything I did yesterday, I just don't have the energy. Holy cow. Ah. So what do you think? I mean, do you think we need to have our own conservative social networks? I mean... Do you move to a conservative cul-de-sac when life gets a little uncomfortable for you? Or do you get out there and try to persuade people, try to show people, try to be the example to people? I, I, I think that's an individual thing we all have to decide on our own because I, I'm not big into it. I like being able to, I like going someplace that's not censoring things so I can see the information. And I think that's the upside. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, let's say someone is sharing information that's being shut down on 
on YouTube that's shut down on Facebook. For example, Steven Crowder this week, he's shut down. He, he posted some, uh, a video. He posted video on YouTube of, um, of some of his people going to addresses that were found in Nevada. That was it, Nevada? In different cities. There's a handful of cities they've been to. I think in Detroit was one of them. They've been someplace in Nevada. Anyway, they've showed this video of his people going to addresses registered as valid addresses for people who are on the voter rolls. And they go to these addresses and they find parking lots. They find uh, uh, auto mechanic shops. They find, I mean, they find... Uh, they find empty lots. They find the median of a highway. They find, the, 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 in short, places that don't exist. There are no people living there. They find abandoned buildings. They find, and, they've, 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 and they haven't said, and they've been very careful to say, again and again, this is not to say this changed the outcome of the election. This is just showing you something's going on. And YouTube and Facebook have both shut him down, demonetized him, won't let him post anything. So in order to see his videos, you have to go over to the Blaze Network and uh, theblaze.com and see his videos there because they're not available on YouTube because YouTube doesn't want you to think about what could be happening to the vote in America. Oh, don't think about that. Pay no, 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 no. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Mm. And that's what's happening because the left doesn't want you to have all of the information. So they will shut you down. And those who are sufficiently brainwashed have a religious fervor about it. Have you noticed that? It's almost like it's their, it's what they worship. It's their faith. It's what they worship. And that brings me around to something I actually had further down in the list, but I'll bring it up here, and that is Hillary Clinton, who slammed Republicans for exploiting the unwarranted fear people have regarding sensible gun control legislation in a forthcoming interview. She says she calls them gun worshipers, worshipers of firearms. That's what she labels us as. During an interview with her former campaign spokeswoman, Jennifer Palmieri, a preview of which was released yesterday or on Tuesday. Mrs. Clinton said Republican lawmakers like Senator Ted Cruz are opportunists trying to stoke fears in Americans that Democrats are trying to take their guns. Quote, the opportunists on the other side, like Cruz and his ilk, they know better and they're in the position of trying to keep people really riled up and scared that sensible gun legislation like we had in the 90s for 10 years will somehow undermine their rights. This, my friend, is what is called projection. She is, she puts on others what she and her ilk are actually doing. Look at these people. They know better. They're in a position of trying to keep people uh, uh, riled up and scared. That sensible gun laws like we had in the 90s or 10 years will somehow undermine their rights. Well, here's a little refresher course in case you weren't aware. Those sensible gun legislation laws, like she's, she's talking about the assault weapons ban. The assault weapons ban that made no appreciable difference in gun violence, in gun crime. 
the statistics are there. The proof is there. The information is there. But as usual, people on the left will say, take a look at this from at it from this angle. Not please don't don't pay attention to the facts. The facts are going to get you confused. Let me tell you what happened. They're going to lie to you about what happened during the 90s for 10 years with an assault weapons ban that made no difference. None. It didn't make any difference. And now they want to do another one. They want to ban specific makes and models of firearms. And again, I will tell you that the only people affected by this are people who obey the law. And the people doing all of the, all of the damage don't obey the law anyway. She goes on to say, well, what about the rights of all the rest of us? The rights of us to go to work, go shopping, go on dates to the movie theater, go to school, for heaven's sake. What about the rest of us? I'm going to come back to that, trust me. The former Secretary of State and twice-failed Democratic presidential candidate said Republicans had the, have the upper hand in the gun control debate because of the filibuster, which requires a 60-vote threshold to pass controversial legislation in a Senate that's currently split 50-50. She says, you know, democracy is, in the ba- is the, democracy is the balancing of interests and rights. And unfortunately, at this time, the gun worshippers have a huge advantage because of the filibuster and because of the shame, their shameless exploitation of people's unwarranted fears. Hmm. House Democrats voted earlier this month to expand criminal background checks to all gun sales and transfers, but Republicans and moderate Democrats in the Senate have voiced opposition. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said Thursday, last Thursday, he'd bring background check legislation to the floor after the Senate returns on April 12th. If you want to see the entire interview, the The link will be available for you today at linkreport.us. Back to what she said. What about the rights of all of the rest of us? The rights of us to go to work, go shopping, go on dates, to the movie theater, go to school, for heaven's sake. What about the rest of us? Well, Mrs. Clinton, the rest of you are victims because you won't let the rest of us defend you. You are all afraid of what could happen. See, you just talked about keeping people afraid. Exploitation of people's unwarranted fears. You're talking about keeping people scared for no reason, but you do it yourself. You are applying the very thing you're condemning to your rhetoric. This is what you're doing. You're frightening people in order to get what you want. What about the rights of all the rest of us? The rights of us to go to work, go shopping, go on dates to the movie theater, go to school, for heaven's sake. What about the rest of us who are in fear of those people who are carrying guns? She lumps all of us together. She lumps the criminals and the law-abiding citizens together because of what? Because of guns. The law-abiding citizens aren't the ones causing the problems. The law-abiding citizens who own these weapons of war, as, as she and her cohorts would call them, aren't using them in that way. They're not the ones shooting up stores, and grocery stores, and hair salons, and nail salons, and schools. They're not the ones. It's the criminals. It's the insane. It's the mentally deranged. It's not the law-abiding citizen. 
They will demonize the NRA, but no NRA member has ever shot up a school. No NRA member has ever shot up a grocery store or a nail salon. No NRA member has committed a mass shooting. It's criminals who are doing this. Criminals. And they're not buying their guns. For the most part, the vast majority are not getting their guns at your local guns are us. They're getting their guns through illegal means. Now, the expansion of the background check was intended, they say, to put an end to that. Well, it doesn't. Here's the scenario. Joe Blow has a gun for sale. His buddy, Dave, wants to buy the gun. Dave hates certain kinds of people. He wants to use the gun to go shoot a place where a lot of those people gather. They expect Joe Blow to run Dave through a background check. And that background check will prevent Dave from buying that gun. Well, guess what? If Joe Blow is not an honest, law-abiding citizen, he's not going to run the background check. He's going to ignore the process. He's going to sell the gun anyway. You see, people who don't care about the law aren't controlled by laws. Only those of us who are law-abiding people are. So all of this fear being ginned up by Clinton and the like, it's all a big lie. It's a big lie. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. We're sliding into the second half. I keep glancing to the right to look at my clock. It's on the left now. So I'm getting whiplash. Wait, where? Oh, there it is. Oh, man. Like I said earlier, I rearranged things in here. I'm going to do something about the wallpaper. Ferns. I just don't get it. Anyway... Gun control is a fear issue. It's a fear issue. What about the rights of the rest of us who are scared enough of being shot up by all you people with guns? Well, guess what? Those of us who, who went to Bass Pro and bought our guns or to to uh, to wherever. I have a I have a uh, an acquaintance who has a gun store, and uh, that's that's where I go. And what about those of us who? who actually stood in the store and and kind of bit our lower lip and waited for the FBI background check to make it through because you never know. I mean, you know you're clean. You know you haven't done anything wrong, but it's just like, wow, it's a background check. That makes me nervous. I don't know why, but it makes me nervous. But still, you, you stand in the store and you wait, and like, okay, that'll be 400 and something dollars. Thanks. Great. And you, and the same thing happened. I, I've had that happen to me a couple of times. My wife... I took her to get something um, around Christmas time a few years back. We went to Bass Pro Shops, and we sat at the counter and waited on them to do the same thing, filled out all the stuff, and and they made a call and came back out and said, okay, we're good to go. These people who are who are using their, their firearms to do damage to other people didn't do that. Now, this guy in Boulder, Colorado, he did. And the interesting thing about that 
is that the background check system they want to impose on everybody failed. The FBI had him on their radar. They knew he was a problem child. He still got a gun. So government failed. Those of us who don't object to taking the test, who are sane, mentally balanced individuals, aren't out there shooting the world up. But they want to punish us with a system that doesn't work properly because of the people who don't use the system. Only government wonks would think such a thing. And she says we, Hillary Clinton says we worship guns? Really? How about you worshiping the power of government? The power of government which flexes its muscles at every opportunity. The power of government that doesn't really take into consideration the will of the people because it believes it knows better than the people who appointed it to office. An example, Wisconsin. The Democratic governor there has had an ongoing mask mandate that's unconstitutional. Well, the Wisconsin Supreme Court struck it down. Democratic Governor Tony Evers' statewide mask mandate was struck down by the Wisconsin Supreme Court yesterday. The court said Evers overstepped his authority when he used back-to-back emergency orders to enact his ongoing unilateral mask mandate. Evers has issued multiple mask mandates using his emergency powers. Republicans have long claimed the governor has abused his power with the repeated mandates. In fact, in February, the Republican-controlled Wisconsin General Assembly repealed Evers' emergency order and statewide mask mandate, citing Evers' abuse of emergency declarations. Within an hour of that repeal, Evers signed a new emergency order mandating mask wearing across the state. Republican leaders issued a statement saying that the governor has abused his limited authority far too long by repeatedly issuing unlawful orders beyond his 60-day emergency powers. The Assembly and and Senate voted to end the executive overreach and restore our uh, constituents' voice in the legislative process. It appears that the state Supreme Court agrees with them. The Associated Press reported that the court ruled 4-3 to that Evers exceeded the powers of his office by repeatedly issuing 60-day mask mandate orders. The justices ruled that a health emergency order issued by the governor is good for only 60 days and cannot be extended without legislative action. That means he can't continue it without getting the state legislature involved. And he knows they won't go along with him, so he just keeps on going. Justice Brian uh, Hagedorn, in his decision for the majority, wrote this. The question in this case is not whether the governor acted wisely, It is whether he acted lawfully. We conclude he did not. In a concurring opinion highlighted by WITI-TV reporter Jason Calvey, Justice Rebecca Bradley called out Evers' attempt to wield a unilateral, unchecked power. Here's what she said. Or here's what uh, uh, Jason Calvey said. Under Governor Evers' interpretation, the constitutional separation of powers between the executive and legislative branches would collapse for the duration of any public health emergency. Every 60 days, so long as the underlying cause of the emergency persists, the executive could declare another state of emergency, granting the governor the extraordinary powers indefinitely. Such unilateral, unchecked power was anathema to the framers of our Constitution. 
The court's minority apparently has no problem with the governor's unilateral extension of power. Dissenting Justice Ann Walsh Bradley's dissent, as quoted by the AP, said in part, This is no run-of-the-mill case. We are in the midst of a worldwide pandemic that so far has claimed the lives of over half a million people in this country. And with the stakes so high, the majority not only arrives at erroneous conclusions, but also obscures the consequence of its decision. Unfortunately, the ultimate consequence of the majority's decision is that it places yet another roadblock to an effective governmental response to COVID-19. Well, this governmental response ignores what's actually happening on the ground and continues fear-mongering. That's what that governmental response does. Hot Air's Ed Morrissey responded to Bradley's dissent by pointing out, quote, that would mean that there were no functional limits on singular executive rule in Wisconsin except elections. And even then, those emergency powers could be used to postpone or cancel elections, especially in a pandemic. In other words, if you follow this governor's logic, they could postpone elections and just remain in power. This isn't the first hit the courts have delivered to Evers' COVID orders. In May, the state Supreme Court scrapped the governor's unilateral stay-at-home orders, which one justice described as the very definition of tyranny. And last October, the AP noted a state appeals court blocked Evers' imposed limits on indoor gatherings. Where I live in Alabama, the governor has just said, no, we're not going, we're not going to do what Biden says. Because the Biden administration has said, hey, you, need, you guys need to extend your mask mandate there. And Governor Kay Ivey, though she has, to the objection of the people here several times already, extended the mandate, Governor Ivey said, no, I don't think so. It's been going on for long enough. And so, as of, uh, I think it's one day next week, the mask mandate here in Alabama ends. Now, does that mean you are no longer allowed to wear a mask? The fearmongers would have you believe that. But that's not the case. If you want to wear a mask, if that makes you feel better, you feel more, more secure, keep wearing a mask. But please remember, if you're one of those people who loves to boss other people around and tell them what they should be doing, you don't have the state standing behind you. If you're going to walk into some place and demand that everybody in it start masking up, then you better leave. If you like, like the pushy person at the vet's office where I went, several weeks back with my dog who demanded to know, do you, sir, do you have a mask? And my response was to pull it out of my pocket and say, yeah, I do. And put it back in my pocket. I mean, if you're one of those people, Hey, you better not start pushing people around anymore. The jig is up, Karen. You can't, you can't do that anymore. Not here in the state of Alabama. Not once it's expired, it expires. And yet the thing is that that's just, that just makes common sense, doesn't it? That if you care, then mask up. If you, if you really believe that's going to do you some good, then mask up. It's a lot like, uh, it's a lot like smoking, I guess you, you know, if you, you don't believe it's going to harm you, you're going to smoke. Doesn't matter what people tell you. Doesn't how many, doesn't matter how many times they try to try to talk you down, to condemn you, to marginalize you, you're going to keep smoking. And I know that's true. I know many people who smoke, even though they've been told again and again and again, you know, they, they, they're pretty sure that causes cancer. Yeah, well, I know so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. They smoke their whole lives, never damage their lungs. You know, you, 
you can't you can't argue with somebody like that. Their mind is made up. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. So if that's you and you are addicted to the mask and you want to keep wearing it, by all means, go ahead. But those of us who approach this from a common sense standpoint and look at it like, well, it's flu season every year and I know how to handle that. I just make sure I keep my distance from the people who are showing symptoms. I just, you know, I make sure I wash my hands. I make sure I just, I'm just cautious because it, the, the, why? Because the flu is a pain in the backside to get. It's, it, it's, it's a nasty experience. You don't want to go through that. You miss work. You feel miserable. It's just, there's nothing but a downside to it. Nothing at all. It's the same for this common cold. We go through this every year. The common cold hits, be it starts spreading. People get cautious. They stick, they keep their distance. They cough into their elbows. They do all of this stuff and they just learn to live with it. And they're, and they want you to think, well, COVID's much worse. It's worse. It's a pandemic. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I don't, and many people with brains don't doubt or question that COVID's a nasty thing. We do, however, doubt the pandemic was necessary. It wasn't necessary to be declared because honestly, we saw through it. Were you like me a year ago when the president stepped in front of the news cameras and said, Hey, this is two weeks. We're going to do this for two weeks. This is going to help us put a, you know, flatten the curve and, and help these emergency workers and these hospital people. It's going to, we're going to, do what we can to stop the spread of this because these people are being overwhelmed. When he said 15 days, two weeks, 15 days, did your little, did your red lights start flashing and the bells start going off and the sirens start blaring like mine did? Because when that happened, I said, oh no, it won't be two weeks. We may never get out from under this. And sure enough, a year later, we're being condemned for lifting orders on a state-by-state basis. Even though the case numbers and the fatalities are dropping like a stone in a pond, they're still saying, oh, but variants, oh, but this, oh, we're all gonna die. Perspective. Final segment for this Thursday, April 1st, 2021. No April Fool's jokes here. I'm seeing them all over social media, though. One that caught my eye was that, that uh, the folks over at the, the Doctor Who online presence. I know you're looking funny at me, aren't you? I am. Okay. Hey, listen, we started watching Doctor Who back when my son Joe was a little kid because public television would run the episodes on the weekends. And they would take a story arc and they would uh, put them all together on a weekend. And uh, there would be, and, and in the UK, these things were like half an hour long. And uh, they would run week by week by week, and they'd spread a story out over several weeks. 
and they would take the story arc and put them together, all of it together, as one big thing. So it would be like a movie on a Saturday night, and we would we'd sit around, we'd pop popcorn, we'd sit around, watch it, and laugh at the bubble wrap made monsters because the budgets were just zero. <laughs> Rubber monsters and bubble wrap and things like that, and and crazy crazy storylines, and we used to just sit around and shake our heads and laugh at it. And we do the same thing today. You and I both we do the same thing with YouTube and we look at all the idiocy on YouTube. <laughs> this is crazy. And I don't know about you, but I have spent evenings. I have sat down and just spent the evening, my wife and I just following threads on YouTube and watching ridiculousness. And that's, that's kind of the same thing. So we've been watching that for years, but today they popped a thing up on, uh, on social media saying that, uh, that the Star Wars universe and the Doctor Who universe were going to be crossing paths in the near future, that they were going to be having episodes where the, the, the Doctor Who characters met the people from a galaxy long, long ago and far, far away. And I looked at it and thought, huh, April Fool. So there's more stuff like that out there too. And speaking of YouTube, back to YouTube, I shared this with my buddy Mike earlier, but there's a video. There are a couple of videos on YouTube of squirrels. Okay, there's more than a couple. There's probably hundreds of uh, people setting up obstacle courses and, and such in their backyards with squirrels. And... <laughs> my wife and I saw one last night. It wasn't an obstacle course. The guy is, he's trying to design a squirrel proof bird feeder. And if you if you have bird feeders, you know, squirrels are the bane of your existence because they raid your bird feeders. They sit there and they eat all the bird foot, all the bird seed and they get fat and the birds don't get to eat. And, and the bird seeds not cheap. So you're spending a lot of money basically on a squirrel feeder and, so people have been trying to work out designs to squirrel-proof their bird feeders for ages. And squirrels are smart, smart, smart little creatures, and they figure out ways around all of them. And the ones that are the most fun, the videos on YouTube are on the, that are the most fun are the ones that are the most elaborate ones. These gigantic, huge obstacle courses they have to go through to get to the bird feeder, and they keep adding layers and layers and layers and layers and layers until the squirrel finally says, oh, the heck with this. You know, it just can't, you just can't do it. They just can't get past everything. And there was this one guy who's trying to design a bird feeder that the feeder itself is squirrel proof. And he thought, you know, squirrels can only get through openings of a certain size. They, once they get down to a certain size, they can't get their head through it. They can't get their head into it. They don't try to go through it. And so he designed a test to determine how big that opening was. He took a big glass jar, he silicone uh, adhesive, he used silicone adhesive and, and glued it to a board, and he he uh, took the the jar lid and cut cut the uh, the center out of the jar lid. It's big, it's a couple of two and a half three inches in diameter. He cuts it out, and then he makes inserts to put in it that are smaller and smaller and smaller. And he keeps reducing the size until he gets to the point where the squirrel can't get in the feeder into the jar anymore after the peanuts. And watching the process of this squirrel and its determination to get to those peanuts was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long, long time. Because that squirrel squeezed its, its, its lardy little self through a tiny opening and got into that jar and sat in there and just chowed down on peanuts until it was too fat to get back out. <laughs> It was just priceless. And, and, oh gosh, 
how many people do you know like that? That's the thing that kept going through my mind. How many people do you know that they're just so focused on one thing that they, they will actually get themselves in trouble to get to that one thing and have what they want? Yeah, there's a little life lesson for you. The guy finally had pity on the on the squirrel and went out to rescue him, though. But he did find out what size. And he did eventually build a birdhouse out of glass that had, that had like I think it was an inch and a quarter diameter um, copper. He took this inch and a, door, a quarter diameter copper pipe, and he cut little circles out of it, little rings out of it, and glued them all together in a triangle shape. And that's what's on each end of this glass bird feeder. So it has glass walls. A, you know that they're an a it's an a-frame that meet at the top and it's hinged so that he can open it up and replenish it and clean it out and everything but the bird little birds songbirds they can all get in there and they can have their feed but the squirrels can't and it's actually pretty cool so the process of him getting to that point was what was entertaining it really was entertaining and oh and then there's the one uh, i'll tell you stories about that later on because it's just you should just go search youtube videos today for squirrels and 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 bird food and bird feeders and squirrels and things like that. And you will have hours of endless laughter watching these squirrels and what they do. And then you'll scratch your head sometimes and wonder, why did they think this was worth putting on the Internet? Because I've run into many of those, too. Well, yesterday, former President Donald Trump issued a statement and responded to the White House infrastructure bill, which would introduce new taxes and said it's among the largest self-inflicted economic wounds in history. Now, you remember, remember that the Biden-Harris administration has promised us that nobody who makes under $400,000 is going to suffer any increases in taxes. Well, not directly, but they're going to pass legislation which will end up costing you through the nose and other bodily orifices. Quote, if this monstrosity is allowed to pass, the result will be more Americans out of work, more families shattered, more factories abandoned, more industries wrecked, and more main streets boarded up and closed down just like it was before I took over the presidency four years ago, says the former president in a statement, adding that the plan will implement the largest tax hike in American history. In a statement reminiscent of 2016 campaign speeches, uh, campaign speeches, Trump said the measure would only serve China and other large segments of the world and would make America lose the economic war with China. With the infrastructure plan's taxes, if you create jobs in America and hire American workers, you will pay more in taxes. But if you close down your factories in Ohio and Michigan, fire U.S. workers, move all your production to Beijing and Shanghai, you will pay less. It is the exact opposite of putting America first. It is putting America last. Companies that send American jobs to China should not be rewarded by Joe Biden's tax bill. They should be punished so that they keep those jobs right here in America where they belong. Throughout his campaigns and presidency, Trump often uh, uh, talked of job creation measures, low unemployment rates, increases in the Dow Jones while saying that high taxes and regulations would further prompt companies to move their operations to factories and factories to China, Mexico, and other countries. Wednesday, President Joe Biden started promoting a $2 trillion infrastructure plan, which, besides aiming to fix roads and bridges, also features an expansive climate change and social welfare agenda, with the White House calling it the moment to reimagine and rebuild a new economy. Quote, the White House says, 
Every dollar spent on rebuilding our infrastructure during the Biden administration will be used to prevent, reduce, and withstand the impact of the climate crisis. So they put the fear label on it. They put the fear spin on it. (gasps) Climate crisis? Oh, we need to get on this. Mm. Biden aims to put corporate America on the hook for the tab, which is expected to grow to a combined $4 trillion once he rolls out the second part of his economic plan this month. Biden has proposed several changes to the tax code, including raising the corporate tax rate to 28% from the current 21%, the level that the Trump administration brought it down to from 35%. The proposal was also panned by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, one of the largest lobbying groups in the United States, which said the, the higher tax proposal is too much. Now, we've already seen Ford change its plans about opening a, a new plant. I believe it was in Ohio. They're moving it now to Mexico, where they had planned to do it before Trump made it less profitable to do business in Mexico. But now they're taking those jobs, those jobs, American jobs, and the tax revenue which would come from those working people, and they're sending it to Mexico. See, what happens when leftists get in control is all they see is other people's money and what they can spend it on. And they forget every single time and then deny it that the result of raising taxes on those who have the money is that they move their money or they move what produces their money to some place where it doesn't cost them as much. And nations like China and Mexico know this. So they make it more attractive to do business there than here at home, where it benefits American citizens. And when people like Joe Biden and the Democrats, these leftists, these these socialist slash communist thinkers, say it's only going to cost the rich people money, all those people who are filthy rich, they're lying to you. Because in the end, those people who know how money works, protect it. And one way they have to protect it is by reducing the amount they spend on people who work here. And that's it for today. God bless you. Have a good one. Let's get together tomorrow, shall we? <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, we're uh, we're done.